Nerd News Now. Hello, welcome to Nerd News Now. It is July 19th, 2021. I'm with Brainy and Miss Jen. Kyle will be joining us in a little bit to share his love of Space Jam 2, a new legacy. So, guys, what's going on, Miss Jen? I saw you this weekend. We were at Comic Palooza, so I can't believe that was the thing that happened. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Brainy, how are you doing out on the West Coast? I'm doing great. I'm I'm more excited to hear about Comic Palooza. I want to see how it went. It was a, uh, I guess officially our first uh, uh, full blown convention, sort of full blown. Oh, it was full blown. <laughs> it was like like in my mind anyway. Um, yeah, it was uh, crowded. Uh, no, this was uh, the. There was no guest named social distance. So social distance was not a guest at this wow. convention. No. And like not at all. Which is uh crazy because back in California they're restricting uh again, right? Yeah. So I don't know how far that's going, you know, because I, I know some people are pulling back, but there's not a lot of details out there. I think uh I think the news is kinda over it even though they're feeding into the frenzy of everything. So how, how, what's it like out there right now? Well, um, most people are cooperative. In fact, I made a blunder this Saturday. Um, I, I was so tired on Saturday. I had to cover um, the shift. And a gentleman walked in without a mask and everything. And it, for, I would say, about three or four minutes, I didn't realize he was not wearing a mask. <laughs> I was just like, oh, wait, hey, buddy, you got to put a mask on. He goes, hey, look, I understand. Um, he goes, well, he, he basically got what he needed and left anyway. But it, it just took me by surprise that I did not notice that he was not wearing a mask. That's how used to I am, basically, of people just, you know, walking with a mask on. That it didn't occur to me that he wasn't wearing a mask. Um, outside of that, um, I do, I do know people who are complaining about it. Uh, I don't understand why, but you know, hey, it's their prerogative. Um, in fact, it was a magic pre-release weekend this weekend, and uh, we had a low turnout. And from what I heard, you know, um, there were a few of our regulars who chose not to show up because they don't want to wear a mask. And, you know, so there, there are people out there that don't want to wear masks. So, But weren't they weren't they showing up and doing that before and and wearing masks or no? We did not run any events in store, um, and we were just trying it out for Magic this weekend because it's a new set release. But we haven't run one for over a year and a half since the pandemic started. We haven't run events in store. Uh, this would have been our, I guess, our second one. The first one was a small um, draft we did with Digimon, and then this was the second one that we, we tried out. Um, the people who showed up, they were great. You know, they they wore their masks, they kept their distance, and we all had fun. But it was still disappointing to hear that people aren't willing to wear a mask. But kind of, I mean, I, I'll go ahead, Miss Jen. Go ahead. I feel like you guys are where we were right as our uh, governor took away the mask mandate. And you had that weird time in between where people then felt like there was anyone, there wasn't any real rule to wear it. Then, then it got kind of ugly. So I, I feel for you guys, unless unless they put a mandate on you guys again, which makes it much easier for retailers. It's a, it's. Yeah, for us, we didn't we didn't remove the mask mandate. You know, as soon as the, it was removed in California, we had our signs up saying masks are required. Um, so everybody's required a mask in our in our store. Um, but they did remove. The, I mean, they did they did put the mandate back on in California. We we are now required to wear a mask indoors again. Okay. Okay. I I do not see them doing that in Texas, no matter what happens. I I don't think they're gonna do that again. What about you, Miss Jen? Um, yeah, I don't I don't think that they're gonna, unless something really bad happens. If we become if we have the same kind of problem like like poor India did when they just it was catastrophic. I don't know if they'll they'll do that to us again. We we as a staff at the store have been we we never dropped our masks so. Um, we're just trying to keep everybody healthy on our end. And me as a customer, I haven't dropped mine either. Uh, I'll I wear it wherever, and it works still. And so you know, but 
it's just with Texas, I don't think they're going to even try again as, as far as that goes. Is that because everybody feels safe or is that because they don't want to have a riot? <laughs> um, well, uh, I'll just throw this out there. I think the vaccination rate is 43% and you can figure out the rest. So, <laughs> I mean, I think the people that wanted to get vaccinated uh, did and they're like, well, if the vaccine works, let's see. <laughs> and then the people who didn't, didn't. And they, uh, you know, that it just... Texas is all about my freedom, you know? I mean, I, I can understand not getting vaccinated. That's, you know, that's a health issue for some people. But I don't understand the no mask issue. You know, it's it's inconvenient, um, you know, for a person like myself that has issues breathing at times. I don't like it when I do it. <clears throat> but you Well, know. Um, and then, you know, it's just combined with the fact that, it, like, large companies, like, specifically – you know, like the two wrestling factions, WWE and AEW, um, they're bringing all their stuff to Texas because it's wide open. I mean, they just had the first WWE pay-per-view that was live in like a year and eight months, uh, Money in the Bank in Fort Worth, and it was like packed out to the max, you know? See, I don't understand why people can't accept the fact that nature is trying to, you know, basically get us all ready to become superheroes. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Uh, you know, some of us are going to be chosen to have superpowers, and you know, we, we need to hide our identities, basically getting us ready to be able to breathe under those masks. Uh, I haven't seen one one person gain anything good from it though. So maybe uh, well, when that I, I happens, this is just to force us to wear masks. I think the next uh, pandemic is going to start giving us superpowers. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I'm I'm looking forward to that one then. Right. But only if that uh, ends up being the case. But so, yeah, I was indoors with a whole bunch of people at Comic Palooza. Um, how, how safe did you guys feel? Personally? Uh, it, it, I was just sort of like overwhelmed by the amount of people. And then then it was fine. But I, but I wore a mask like 90% of the time. I took it off for the camera. So, but uh, that, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's just like, whoa, this is, because I hadn't done that in like a year and a half. You know, been at a convention or been around really people <laughs> in general. So, uh, Ms. Jen, what was it like for you? What did you feel like? Well, um, maybe because uh, when we went on vacation, uh, the LA area was largely unmasked then. Um, so I kind of gotten a little bit used to being out in public um, without one. I also felt like I might be like you, Mark, when I got in front of like a big crowd, like a Comic-Con crowd. I thought I might be a little bit freaked out. But uh, I think because I was talking to people that I really, really missed... I, I kind of forgot, you know, like when Brainy says he forgot there was somebody with no mask. Like, I was just so happy to see people and get hugs. I mean, my soul needed it so badly. You have no idea. When we come from a store that that's what we do is, like, hug everybody. And to go to, you know, six feet away at all times, I can't see your face. And I, I, I needed it. Yeah, and hey, Kyle. What's going on? I made on? it. You made it. We saved Space Jam just for you. I made sure... That we did not talk well, I, about it I, gushing. I it's wrong if you liked it. <laughs> what now? So I could point out that you're wrong if you liked it. Yeah, of course. I, <laughs> I've, I've been waiting for that all week. What are you talking about? Uh, no, we were. Uh, we we are talking about how Jen and I were indoors with a whole bunch of people at Comic Palooza and telling Brainy what that was like. And uh, terrifying. For me, yeah, but I'm a scaredy cat when it comes to stuff. But like, but like Jen said, like you know, I wore my mask, you know, most of the time as I was telling them, and then I was hanging around people that uh, I knew were vaccinated. So I guess in my mind it was sort of like, oh, this is fine, even though you know who knows about the other uh, thirty thousand people. I don't know if there's been a number released of how many people were actually there. 
Yeah. When are they going to announce the Palooza variant? Oh, I don't know. But, I mean, I guess the same time when they... Um, I'm not saying like comic the... Palooza variant, just a general Palooza. Yeah. Well, some... I mean, coupled with the fact that all these major event, indoor events in the last week have been in Texas, right? Like AEW is mm-hmm. back on the road, WWE, uh, Money in the Bank was in Port Worth yesterday. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to see what happens. I fully expect them to announce the Lala Palooza variant. Yeah. We're just going to call it Kovalala. Mm-hmm. Or something. <laughs> Some, something to that effect. Um, but, Jen, uh, Miss Jen, past all that, past the, uh, you know, the feeling uh, like a, a mortal or whatever, uh, indoors with a bunch of people, what did you think of Comic Palooza? I was actually uh, really surprised that they could figure out a way to put the layout so that it was a unique kind of experience. I was so worried about them having, because they had had, like their big main stage on the main floor. They had all of the sub stages on the main floor with all of the dealers and everything. I thought that probably would be really hard to make work because I've been to shows that are like that before and you're just like basically shouting over each other in the microphone when you're side by side, but somehow the way they had it set up didn't really um, have that problem very much that I saw. So it worked okay. And I, I was pleasantly surprised and man, the turnout was, I thought really large. I think you're going to find that every convention going forward is going to feel that way. Um, Even if they're, even if we're wrong, Mm Mm-hmm. Like, eventually come out, well, we were 10% down. Well, we haven't seen anybody in so long. Yeah. It's going to feel like it's much bigger than it is just because our brains are unaccustomed. You know, it's... It used to be I could go to San Diego or whatever, and I wouldn't feel like it was that big. Like, oh, there's a lot of people here, but it's not that many people. Right. And I'm certain now... It will be, why are there so many people here? Shouldn't, don't these people work? <laughs> I, I will say, uh, as regarding the layout, I got there Saturday after, after this minor parking debacle I had. I got there Saturday around 1230. I walk in and I, there's a food court line. Like they had me enter in, in a food court. And I, I, I did not, I did not like that aspect of it. I wish they would have put all the food in the back or something because food courts and conventions are notoriously crowded, and you have people standing around and trying to get food. So I, I did not like that part at all. Like I'm used to, you know, it opening. Uh, first of all, if you've never been, George R. Brown Convention Center in Houston has five halls. It's uh, pretty massive. And for the last, what, at least four years, Miss Jen, um, it's had all five halls, upstairs, downstairs. They've had everything. Well, in this time, Hall A, which is probably the biggest, it had Dr. Seuss Fest or Dr. Seuss Experience or something like that. What? We missed Dr. Seuss Experience? Yeah, I I have a question. Yeah. If Dr. Seuss experiences happen, why the hell are you going to Comic Palooza? Well, because I heard Dr. Seuss was canceled, so I just assumed there would never be a Dr. That's Seuss anything ever again. The good stuff's still around. <laughs> no, no, I, I know. have to not combine the two. Seuss and Palooza, they should have. Yeah. I don't. Okay. It'll be fine. Second point: If it's not called Seuss Palooza, <laughs> because that's the most Dr. Seuss sounding name. No, it was it was the the Dr. Seuss experience. Look it up. I think it's on tour. Maybe it's coming to Ohio. I'm sure it's not. Maybe maybe they'll expand a branch in the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and put it in there. Yeah, I'm sure that's not going to be a thing. No, that that was there, and I, I was surprised because I, I there's been smaller conventions in that convention center. And there's been like a bridal shower in Hall C and or bridal convention Hall C and a gun show in Hall A. 
uh, and stuff like, you know, eclectic stuff like that. And there's other convention centers around town where there's like a tattoo show and a card show and stuff like that. But Comic Blues has been by itself, uh, like I said, for, for years now, ever since it got big enough to draw in, you know, between 50 and 60,000. And I'm still waiting on the numbers for this one, but th- there was a lot of people. But, the only convention I ever lost money at? Yeah. Uh, shared its convention center with a livestock auction. What? Yep. Mm-hmm. Dinky. He lost money because he was at the livestock auction bidding on the livestock. Yeah, I was trying to buy. I was trying to buy Duroc pork, Duroc pigs. Oh, I thought you were he trying to. I you were trying to buy yourself another girlfriend. Oh, that's cold. <laughs> that's very funny, but that's cold. Um. No, it was just uh, the convention center <laughs> chose to promote the livestock auction on their billboard out front and not the Comic-Con. What? And nobody told anybody until people were like, we couldn't find it. It wasn't on the sign where we told we were told it would be. And uh, we made profit the first day, and I was so angry and frustrated that dinner cost me more than we made the first day. And then we made zero the second day. I, I have to ask, was it dinner provided by the livestock auction? You know, I don't know. Because we, well, we went to a place called Tony's I-75, which if you've ever seen Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, is like a staple on those shows. But, like, after my third pound of bacon while I was eating my stress and bacon, um, I realized that we have now lost any chance of making money at this convention <laughs> and it was worth it <laughs> I, see see i thought out of blind rage you just went next door and bought a hog in an auction and just roasted a pig right there <laughs> you know i could have you might as well you have dig, dig a pit <laughs> go for it you had plenty of comic books to burn at that time to make a yeah pig. i didn't think about this uh, Kyle, from what I've heard, people who had tables at Comic Palooza did really well. And I can attest to that was the by far the most crowded area was the vendors area. And, and it great. was a good like two of those halls like B and C. And you could not walk through them at most times. That, and that's great to hear. I mean, so crowded. I, I fully suspect that. It's going to be a wild year for people who do conventions. And I mean, my first convention is uh, I may do something for the experience in August. But my first convention uh, as a vendor back is September. And I am both excited and terrified because I'm not sure I have enough inventory anymore if the show pops off. And at the same time, if it doesn't pop off, I don't, like, I don't have a, re- like, I don't know what I'll do if, if I'm wrong. You can come to California and pick up some inventory, man. I got tons. Well. The, <laughs> I'll verify. I'm, uh, true. <laughs> I, uh, so one of the things I'm doing for my conventions this year is, I'm focusing on the high-end collectible stuff. So I'm not taking Funko Pops at sell for $10. Oh, but you should. Uh, But you you might should, from what I've heard. (laughs) Because I only have maybe a handful of them. Yeah. I'm going to take the the two tubs full of Funko Pops that I have that are $50, $100, $150. I'm only taking silver and bronze comics. I'm not going to take the six long boxes of dollar books. Because it's is it worth the effort? You know. How far is the convention from you? Uh, the one in September is about forty minutes. Then yeah, it's worth it for you. I don't know. I ha- well because that's the other thing, right? I am my whole staff now. That's true. I you know I, now I got to lift all that stuff, and as we've discussed, I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> But we're adding one of the things we're adding that's very exciting to me is we're adding vinyl records. Yes. Ooh. Heck yes. Ooh, hey, um, uh, I'm gonna come over, man. No, I can't. Dude, I got, <laughs> I've got, the, I've got 
3,000 records in the inventory now. Um, ranging from, I've literally got like yodeling records all the way to like um, Metallica. Like it's the whole I'm, I'm gambit. For hip hop singles, man. I don't, you know, that's the thing I don't have a ton of. I've got some like salt and pepper, but I don't have a ton of like hip hop. Well, classic hip hop or rap, rap rather, I guess, you know, back then yeah. it was rap before it was hip hop. Yeah, anyway, I've got very little of that, but <laughs> that's what I need to pick up next. Uh, vinyl does well at conventions because not a lot of people have it. And um, I actually went to record store day before Comic Palooza. <laughs> so I stopped by the record store, picked up uh, Fred Armisen, Richard Pryor, some Fleet Foxes. Some Did you get the Weird Al record? I did get the Weird Al record, yeah. Lucky. I they didn't I didn't get one. Um I don't have to order it off the internet. Oh man, I so, would have I would have got one in if if my shop still has one, I'll get one to mail it to you. Well, I mean that's kind of the thing is I haven't ha- I haven't been able to go into every shop in town. Right. But the shop I go to and the shop that knew that I was coming in my crippled state sold out before I could get there. And you you know it's a tiny one, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's Garbage Pail Kids artwork. Right. right. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I'll yeah. never play that thing. It'll just go in a frame and hang on the wall. Yeah, no. Because, like, the the tiny... For those of you who don't know, that they make tiny records now. I guess it's novelty or whatever. I don't know if it ever used to be a thing, but it's a thing the last couple of years. Are three about inches. 70? Really? No, yeah, yeah. Three-inch vinyl. And the record players for these things are 120 bucks. <laughs> they make an adapter for a traditional player. They do, okay. I didn't know. Yeah. Wait, but I don't but sound wise, what yeah. Yeah, it's a single. like that. Yeah. It's a three inch single. You know, I, I had problems when they made CDs that big. Because it would always <laughs> yeah. slide out of the you know the little slot they had in the C D player, it would always slide out and you know, never play. It, 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 yeah. Like the vinyl player as well. They had for I don't remember where it was Taco Bell or somewhere they had Yo MTV Raps little tiny. It was Taco Bell. <laughs> My memory is still good. You had to put it in your disc man to play it because you had to be able to snap it in. Yep. Yep. Your memory should not be going, Miss Jen. You're not as old as Kyle. <laughs> what? Oh, I feel real old today, y'all. Uh... Hey, speaking of feeling, uh, how are you feeling? Uh, I am having the most pain today that I've had since, like, even more than when I got out of surgery. Um, but today was, uh, so JD, who's one of my associate producers on the experience, uh, is home visiting. He's from Toledo, originally lives in the Valley now, uh, about 20 minutes from Brainy. Um, Wait, and, does he uh, really? Yeah. Tell us we're going to come visit. I, he's always working. <laughs> I've got to give him time off to come visit you. Um, but, uh, so he's home visiting. So we went to lunch and then he ran tonight's shows from my studio. But I then had to go into the studio to like unlock things. So I've put more mileage on my foot than I should have. You know, I wish they would invent something where you can, you know, basically, uh, give your associates a device that will help them open the door so they can go in and out. Like a smart key. Yeah, maybe something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he was here, he'd have a key. He'd have a straight key, like if he was here, but he's not here, so why does he have a key? So, anyway, we've gotten way off topic from our uh, comic. Right. Can we get back to Space Jam? Yeah. uh, In Space Jam, like in every other aspect of his life, LeBron James is less good than Michael Jordan. Ooh, ouch. Okay. I mean, but did you think he wouldn't be? I mean, I know that you didn't really have any expectations for the film anyway, but... Oh, I, I, don't had, think... I had huge expectations. Because I loved the first movie. So See, I wanted to be at least that good. And no. it was not close. How many sequels no. can you say were as good or better than the original? Well, part of me was hoping it was just a shot-for-shot remake. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they were going to replace Bill Murray with, like... Uh, Josh Gad or someone? They can't. Or Brian Doyle Murray. 
wow. the Murray brothers. That would be if it was a baseball movie. Yeah. But uh, I was hoping it would be at least as good as the first one with a soundtrack that, you know, wasn't problematic 25 years later. Um, but uh, it wasn't. No, but it beat Black Widow. It that beat Black Widow in the box office. Um, and, you know, everyone's doom bringing, well, this is the end of Marvel because they couldn't hold a, a first spot. But it's like, and but simultaneously, they're kind of railing on the idea of Disney Plus having rented this out, you know, at home to fans. Um, but one, still we're in a pandemic. Two, it made 80 plus the uh, 60 last week. So, and Black Widow was good and has been well received by both critics and fans alike. So guess what? Uh, Marvel movies are fine. <laughs> Everything's I fine. Think part of the problem is, and and I, I finally saw Black Widow, and I didn't. How do I put this? I didn't like it, but I didn't dislike it. I nothinged it. Which because is, she did, but she she did act better than Michael Jordan. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, well, she acts better than about everybody. It's Scarlett Johansson. She could stand on screen for an hour and a half, and I'd pay to see the ticket. I'd pay the ticket. Um, but I'm super jealous of Colin Jost, by the way. Just throwing that out there. If you know, you know. Um, but um, I nothinged that movie. I think I would have almost liked it or maybe even liked it had it come out in the order it was supposed to come out in. When it was supposed to come out, I felt like I knew too much, and so that that was my big problem with Black Widow. And I think people like me who are saying, "Oh, it was okay," it it was a movie, are what really hurts it long term, because it's not like we're going like we were for Endgame, going, "Oh my God, let's go see this movie nine times." Yeah, that that's the thing that. I not going to happen, especially if you can just watch it at home. But that's the, the difference that we were seeing now, right? Because before, we wanted to go see it 10 times in the movie theater because we weren't going to see it any other way. There was no other way to see it mm -hmm. for six months, a year or something. Now, we can watch it the next 20 times at home. Right. Well, but how will we know that in the numbers? Is, isn't uh, Disney Plus only available for, what, 24, 48 hours? The, no. No. You have no, it. It's thirty dollars, and you have it for, you know, until, until it becomes in there permanently. Right. Yeah. But also, I think saying nothing that is way worse than going. It was good. Yeah, I nothinged it. Yeah, that. But the, but I'm saying that's probably a worse moniker than going. It was okay, or it was good. Right. No. That. But that's what I'm saying is the fact yeah. that people like me who don't traditionally like these things, but that liked. Endgame, which we can all agree is a super high watermark. Mm -hmm. I went and saw Endgame three, four times the first weekend. And then over the next weekend, any time a friend would be like, I haven't seen it yet. I'm like, we're going. Let's go. Yep. And I would be like, um, pack a sleep mask for Black Widow. You know, maybe take some energy drinks so you don't pass out in the middle third. You know, so I like the it. fact that it lost to Space Jam shows the kind of power of family movies. Oh right? yeah, and and I I I gotta admit when Mark and I talked about this a long time ago when Peter Rabbit two was coming out. Yeah, and I go, there's no way Peter Rabbit two was gonna win the box office, and it did. There's no way Space Jam should have won the box office, but. People want something to do where they're not responsible for their children. But, so but, taking yeah. them to the movie and being like, sit there and watch the movie. They could have just done that at home, though. You know, the difference between Black Widow and Space Jam was Space Jam was for free at home. Well, yeah. almost free. Or twelve ninety nine, right. whatever. But it's also, I need to get out of my house with my, you know, I need to get away from my kids. So sit there, be quiet. Daddy's going to go watch the Black Widow movie, <laughs> you know. Or if this movie theater has a bar, you sit there and be quiet. I'll be at the bar. Do you guys have bars in movie theaters where you are? 
Yeah. yeah. Very good. Have you ever gone to see a movie and like realized pretty quickly, I need to go to the bar and get three or four drinks to be able to get through this? No, but I'm, I miss having the Alamo Draft House. Yeah. They're really good food. Do you guys remember the Total Recall remake? Barely. Same, because when I was still drinking, in order to get through that movie, I had to get so drunk I couldn't move my arms. I still haven't seen the remake yet. I wouldn't. Um, I if you have to torture someone for school or something, advanced interrogation techniques, show them that. Yeah, I want to watch them back to back just to see how different they were, but... It was we'll ugly. Maybe I'll watch the remake first, then I'll watch the original. That might work. Yeah, I just wondered if you guys have ever had that experience where it's like, this movie is so bad. I need chemical help. Oh, man. I, I still, I tried to do that with Napoleon Dynamite again. Could not get past the freaking first five minutes of that movie. For real? <laughs> I, I like Napoleon Dynamite. I can't, I can't watch it. Vote for Pedro. I think maybe that was like a, a moment in time movie because when it came out, it's like low budget, quirky. What the heck is this? This is great. And yeah. maybe now looking back in retrospect, it, it may not hold up at all. I couldn't watch it back then. That was a problem. I, I you know, my wife and I tried to sit through it. The first five minutes, we're like, yeah, this movie sucks. We're done. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You, Mark, though, I think it did capture a certain moment. And, and, yeah. and let me point this out. We sat through two-thirds of The Last Airbender, and we couldn't sit through the first five minutes of Napoleon Dynamite. Of course, we never finished Last Airbender either, but, you know. Oh, I started watching a movie today, uh, Something Milkshake on Netflix. Gunpowder Milkshake. Yes. Sorry, Karen oh. Gillian. Yes. So, wait, so did you stop? Or, like, are you saying I didn't stop to go into the office. Well, you didn't nothing finish yet. it when we're done here. Okay. So I, was I was enjoying it. Yeah, no, I've heard good things, and Mondo made an awesome poster for it, so. Yeah. That's usually a good sign, but they probably made a poster for the Total Recall remake, so I don't know. And I, I also, I forgot that existed just the same way I forget there was a remake of Robocop. Was there? Yeah. Really? There was. And there was a remake of a uh, Judge Dredd, but I think people like that one. I, I think I the, Judge Dredd with um, Sylvester Stallone. I don't know if that was a remake or the that original. That was the original, and then that they the remade it with the guy who was. He's in Marvel now. He's uh, Carl Urban. Carl Urban. I want to watch Marvel. That. He's in the Boys. He's the lead on the Boys. Wasn't he supposed to be? He's in a Mar He's been cast in a Marvel thing. Has he? Maybe just as a voice. I don't know. Unless he's one of the 8 million people in the Eternals, maybe it's that. Right. Well, well you know, it's, it's, it's starting to become one of those things where everybody wants to be in a Marvel movie nowadays. It doesn't matter what it is. Well, it's everyone's like agent wants them to be in a Marvel movie for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> they want, they want yeah. the 5-10%. Ooh, you found cinnamon. And, and it's like people who want anything to do, you know, as far as like on, on a director level... I see a lot of comments of people going, well, of course, you know, they're going to hire that director because they'll do what Marvel tells them. And it's like, OK, but they're also being able to helm a movie that has a $200 million budget. So if nothing else, I mean, that it's a it's a paycheck and a learning experience. So uh, I wouldn't be ashamed of wanting in on the MCU either <laughs> and, and on any level. I will play the next villain for them, you know, just putting it out there. Any villain, I'll, I'll do it. I'll play it. I, I'd watch that, Brainy. <laughs> um, well, I am, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who finished Loki? I think we all did. Wow. We all did. Okay, wow. Nice. So, um, Brainy, last week when it was you and me, I said, oh, there's no way Kang's going to be on there. No way, no way, no way, no way. And he and wasn't. Well, so technically, 
but the guy playing the guy playing him is so isn't mean that was kang so someone with way more comic knowledge than me please tell me who jonathan majors was playing immortus because i've heard two different things already it's immortus immortus okay but then i heard it wasn't immortus well whoever told you that was wrong that's what i thought so I'll just I'll go with you on that. I now, think, but is isn't Immortus a different Immortus, version? Right? Huh? Yes. Here's the problem with Immortus, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's Kang. Yeah. He's a different version of Kang. Yeah. Right. It's, he's a variant of Kang. Yeah. Right. No, it's but you didn't see Kang. The no. thing about in order to get Kang, you have to go through a very specific set of events with Nathan Richards. So right, does that mean they're going to be forced to bring in Fantastic Four now? No. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Because Kang interacts with so many other things, mm-hmm. you can ignore that part of the story for a long time. Um, but yeah, it's in order to get to Kang, you've got to you've got to go through a specific set of steps with Nathan Richards, um, including Rama Tut, which. I honestly believe now that we're getting the Immortals, we're going to get Rama Tut. Which now you're going to be able to say, okay, the end of Loki, that guy is a different guy than this guy, but they're the same guy, and how does that work? It can only work with something that exists outside of a timeline. So is now so is Rama Tut a different variant, or yes. whatever we want to call him, yeah. of, of Kang? Mm-hmm. Okay, so will Ramatut most likely be played by Jonathan Majors as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, then I'm all for it. I want to see that guy in as in many movies as we can get him into. Well, the the interesting things that have happened since since just before the end of Loki, but also the end of Loki, is that they've announced that what if matters now. It's not just an aside. Yes. Um, what if Whoa. is actually relevant? In the sense that it's some of the stories that are taking place in What If are going to continue beyond What If. And this, the timeline variance basically, you know, dictates they can do that. Yep. Uh, Loki season two means that we're not at the end of the whole thing, which is great. But the woman who plays Sylvie... Or not the woman who plays Sylvie. The woman who ran this season won't be back for season two. Now, she... The character's name is skipping my mind all of a sudden. It's Raven something. And she has ties to Kang in the comics. Oh, Judge Renslayer? Renslayer, yeah. Yeah, she's also from Fremont, Ohio. Shout out to the home team. Um, she does, but we're not... Um, she actually has ties to Immortus. Okay. So, it's kind of the whole, um, it, to make an analogy to another Marvel character, it's, uh, you have Nathan Summers, who is a character, but also is Cable, but Cable is also X-Man. It's kind of that sort of... Well... Kang was a little bit different than that. Uh, yeah, Kang, Kang was way more complicated. Yes, way more complicated. The drugs in the 60s and 70s will do that to you. <laughs> but Are you yeah. saying Stan Lee did drugs? Oh, I'm saying Stan Lee had to. I've seen Angar the Screamer. <laughs> um, you know, that whole period where Stan would just make a sound and Jack or John, uh, you know, Jack Kirby or John uh, John Romita or Sal Buscema or whatever would just draw a character, and the character's called Oof. You know. They had to be on something, and I'm sorry I wasn't there for it. But, no, I the thing I think, and, and I said this on the Dan and Wickline show, and I'll say it here, and I'll say it a bunch of times. They finally made a show for people like me where they're finally going to let give me a show where I can get into the weeds, uh-huh. where I can really, really, 
you know, spend a ton of time going, no, it's not Kang, it's this other character. But here's what you need to know because it is kind of Kang, but not really. But, you know, like there was finally a nod to the people who know the stuff, which I think was well earned by Marvel fans. They've given them enough money. Um, and it was a welcome change. Um, so I thought Loki was the best thing they've ever made. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think everyone's going to have a preference. I loved WandaVision, but also, like you said, Kyle, they had an opportunity to kind of make that turn in WandaVision, and they didn't. Right. But in Loki, they just went full throttle with it. So, but speaking of full throttle, we better see a jet ski in season two. Uh, yeah. We cannot have all this build up to Owen Wilson on a jet ski and not get a jet ski at some point. Right. That's true. But I was also thinking, like, it sounds like Tom Hiddleston is all in on this character. I mean, he was quoted as saying, I'll play him forever. Okay. Because if he wasn't, I was almost thinking you could make the Loki of the show Sylvie. And that would be an interesting angle. But now I have no idea what's going to happen. Other than Loki trying to bring Owen Wilson back to his reality. They can they can keep Loki going forever now that they've uh, you know introduced multiple Lokis. So they can always you know they can do a Doctor Who of Loki basically. Yeah, you know, always just keep bringing in a different one every single season if they want to, and it'll work. I think though if they go on too long with it, it's going to lose its purpose as sort of crafting the gateway that Kyle's talking about to this phase four. So I kind of like the idea of it being more limited. I'm, I'm cool with the season two, but hopefully that's going to really tailor this phase four. And, and I'm also intrigued by the, I never thought until Kyle mentioned it, that what if could be relevant to all this that's gone on? Cause I just thought, Oh cool. Cartoon finally. And that was my kind of where my brain stopped on it. But then when I saw the trailer, it's going to be a combination of the what if comics and of MCU. Like, hey, what if we would have done this instead? So now well, I'm that's, way but more that's what interested the what if that. comics always were. Yeah. Is it's, you know, what if Peter Parker had managed to save Gwen Stacy? What if uh, Silver Surfer had stayed with Galactus? What if the Avengers had lost the, you know, Battle for New York. Like, that's always what those things were. Um, the one I hope they make, and only because I asked this question live on the air the other day, and somebody gave a great answer, is what if the Marvel bullpen had become the Fantastic Four? <laughs> only yes. so Mark Marin can play Stan Lee. Because um, you know he would nail it. Yeah, for yeah. those that don't know Mark, uh, Marvel bullpen... It was basically sort of questions and answers at the end of every single comic book that, uh, you know, for for a very long time, Stan Lee would respond and, you know, I'm sure, or his ghostwriters or whatever would respond, so. Right, but I mean, it's, this was, what if Stan was Reed Richards? What if Jack was Ben Grimm? Um uh, I'm trying to remember who the other ones were. I think it was Sal Buscema was uh, Human Torch. And I forget who was uh, the Invisible Girl. Who was Dr. Doom in that one? Uh, I don't remember either. Let me see if I can Google it. But there was a What If comic on that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What if Fantastic Four were the original Marvel bullpen? Um, Mr. F- okay, Mr. Fantastic was Stan Lee. Sal Brodsky was the Human Torch. Jack Kirby was the Thing. And Flo Steinberg was the Invisible Girl. Uh, the, the other characters, um, Namor was himself, as was Dr. Morrow and an unnamed Skrull, but also appearing John Romita Sr., Huh. Okay. Four members of the original Marvel bullpen become subjects of an insidious experiment 
when a box shooting cosmic rays is delivered to their office one day <laughs> in the early 60s. Granted superpowers, they dedicate themselves to taking down the mysterious S people responsible for their transformations. Over the course of two decades, they embark on secret missions as the Fantastic Four while adapting their exploits into the comics they publish by day. Meanwhile, the S people continue to plant similar boxes, subjecting others to worse transformations. Eventually, the FF track down the cosmic rays to Atlantis with the help of Submariner. They ferret out the S people revealed to be their recurring enemies, the Skrulls. So going back to the original reference that Kyle had made, the cosmic rays were actually pot and other yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and Fantastic Four War was actually all these guys pretending to be the Fantastic Four. And, you know, they're like, hey, what if I had superpowers? You know, I would be made of rocks. <laughs> I would be stretchy if I went, you know. That's how Fantastic Four came about. <laughs> George Carlin has a bit where he does what drugs are nursery rhyme characters on. <laughs> You know, and how Snow White had to be on cocaine because cleaning up after the seven dwarves takes that kind of energy. Right. Like, and I just imagine that that's the same thing. Okay, the Fantastic Four, what drugs were they on? But no, no, I I think if you're going to do what if, you've got to do all of what if in the sense that you can't shy away from those stories. Just because, it, you know... It makes no sense. Well, that's just an alternate timeline. You know, that's one that gets pruned. Like, but I think it's, I think you've got to, you, now that they've given themselves the opportunity to have some matter and some not, they can tell those really fun stories. What if yeah. Paul Bushman was the leader of the Avengers? <laughs> no, I mean, I think, yeah, that, that series has the opportunity to just go on and on, right? I mean, because... Mm-hmm. You can go back and reference the famous what if comic stories. You can have offshoots from the MCU and you can just do whatever you want. I don't think you need offshoots from That's, the MCU. Well, they're going to have that. If you see the tra- they're, they're definitely going to have that. <laughs> so, but I I'm saying I don't think you need them. Right. And I will complain loudly about that when it happens. Um, yeah, like this this show may not be for Kyle. Just prepare yourself for that. But because the what if, and they're still making what ifs. That would Jen and Brainy. When was the last? They made some a couple years ago, right? One that's was going it last year? Spider Shadow. Hmm. There's one going right now that's called the Spider Shadow. Yeah. Like they're still making what if books, so I have no problem with them telling new what if stories. They're still publishing what if. But I think they need to, if they're going to do them. They need to be in that sort of style of the what if stories. It can't just be what if Tony Stark was, I don't know, in love with somebody other than Pepper Potts. That doesn't make any sense. Just so you can get Tony, you can get those two back. What? He was always in love with his alcohol and his pills. Mm -hmm. And his pills. Speaking of pills, this is Batman. No, I'm kidding. Wait, what? Oh, that was a that was a Kyle joke. I didn't know what was going on. I thought you were gonna segue into Well some... no speaking of pills, I probably should take one here pretty soon. Oh. Ooh. Well, I can just uh let me just run through this news and real quick, since we got derailed from it, we will have a comic fluza special up sometime probably within the next week. Uh we interviewed some people, we saw a lot of cosplay. There was just there's a whole lot of people in it, so Prepare to be overwhelmed, like I was. But it was fun. It was good, and it was really good seeing everyone for sure. Um, it kind of took some of that shock and and fear away, just <laughs> being able to see people again. So, uh, just so as far as news, just a real quick rundown, and I'll turn it over to y'all for comics. Uh, MCU's Blade finds a director. Bassam Tariq will direct the film. He previously directed. Uh, Mogul Mowgli, which starred Sound of Metal's Riz Ahmed. Uh, and that movie sounds awesome. Um, but I think he's going to do well in the MCU. Casting is finally underway for the Batgirl movie that I thought was never going to exist. Uh, the rumors for the actresses vying for the lead are Zoe Dutch from Zombieland Double Tap, 
Isabella Merced from Dora and the City of Lost Gold, and Leslie Grace from In the Heights. So hopefully this movie actually happens, and it's good, because they've done everything all out of whack, as the DC Universe has done. And Barbara Gordon didn't even exist before the Birds of Prey movie. So <laughs> hopefully Is, that ends up I making ask, sense. Was the Dora movie you referenced a Dora the Explorer movie? Yes, it was the one. Yeah. Oh. Did that ever even come out? I, I like. I remember seeing a trailer for it where she was like grown up and it was like sort of a farce, but also serious. I just love the fact that they made one. Yeah, no, they did. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. So, um, do we know much more about the Batgirl movie? Is it going to be their no. dark? Uh, yeah, no, we don't know anything about movies? it. No, we haven't known anything about it, and it just like you hear like, oh, Emma Stone wants to play Batgirl, and then you don't hear anything for two years. So, hopefully, we'll hope see. Take a lighter tone with this character because they can go very far with it if they want. Oh, but if yeah, still- yeah. I, I just I hope they do right by Batgirl and by Barbara Gordon. Uh, Last of Us on HBO is rumored to cost ten million dollars an episode. To make, they're making that up in Canada. It's based on the super popular video game series, of course. Uh, it's going to be starring Pedro Pascal, who's not going to have to wear a helmet the whole time. Uh, $10 million an episode, just for frame of reference. Game of Thrones started out $6 million an episode. And then by the time the last season ended, it was up to $15 million per episode. So they're putting a lot of money into a video game adaptation. They paid sure. $15 million to leave Starbucks on the set. Oh yeah, oh yeah. See, you have to take it in consideration. Most of that fifteen million was probably um, salary for all the actors. Jason Momoa or whoever was he in season eight? I don't think he was in season eight. He's the only person I can name off the top of my head that was in Game of Thrones. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I, now if like so, I was watching whatever this milkshake movie is. Gunpowder uh, Milkshake, gunpowder starring milkshake. Karen Gillian. Karen Gillian. But also in that is Lena Headley. From Game of Thrones. Who I'm like, I know her from somewhere. Where do I know her from? And my buddy goes, she was in Game of Thrones. And I go, yeah, that's not what I know her from, but that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I recognize people from Game of Thrones, but I don't. Oh. And then uh, here's some news for just me and Kyle. But you guys would enjoy it if you give it a chance. Uh, Stars drops a trailer for Heels, the the wrestling scripted drama. Oh, my gosh. I saw this trailer, and I was like, this looks really freaking good. And it it's dramatic. Like, it really does look like a drama. And uh, I'm excited about it. It stars Stephen Amell, who I know is going to work hard on it because he's a big wrestling fan, and Alexander Ludwig, who uh, most people would know from... Uh, Vikings. Uh, and uh, Mark, look up who they've got as their consultants. Who are well, their wrestling consultants? Go ahead and tell me because I have the uh, show creator, but not. Um, I'll just leave it at this. Uh, it's some people who you would love to see back in the ring that aren't. Uh, well, John Cena came back yesterday. Well, so. That will be making appearances in the show as wrestlers. Oh, okay. Well, I'll I'll look that up, but. Here's one to tie it back to even more nerdy stuff is that the show was created by Michael Waldron, who created the Loki series. So talking about a lot of talent in front of the camera, behind the camera uh, and in the ring. So and the showrunner is also Mike O'Malley, who did Shameless. So that's a pretty good TV resume going on right now. They, They do have a panel on Friday for Comic Con at home so check that out i'll turn it over to you guys for comics so miss jen what are you looking forward to this week or what's going on in the world of comics the comics everyone's all getting super excited because we're starting to get our shipments for free comic book happens in the middle of next month everyone's all getting psyched just everyone is aware there are already some huge spec books that are coming out of those including the boom related book to their killer hit series something is going and uh, the one that's for Stray Dogs. So uh, wear your battle gear to the local comic shop. I mean, uh, free comic book shop day near you. Um, out tomorrow, Bermuda number one. 
Tales, Cool and Dark Blood. Uh, the next part in this, like the third part of the Extreme uh, Carnage storyline, Phage. Um, you have Blue and Gold. Mm-hmm. Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. Um, a book that I'm excited for only because... Uh, it's about time they brought him back. Deja Thoris versus John Carter of Mars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they haven't had a good John Carter book since the terrible movie. Uh, I was about to say <laughs> September. Right. Um, and I liked the movie. I know it was bad, but I still liked the movie. Right. Um, that being said, I'm excited for to have a story uh, with him. Uh, and it's written by Dan Abnett, so like, you know, if you're gonna bring your, if you're gonna bring in somebody, bring somebody with an A game. You got Amelia Clark's uh, "Mom, Mother of Madness," which is uh, kind of them trying to recreate the success of uh, Berserker, Keanu Reeves, which I don't think. Uh, I, I, Jen. When I was building the broadcast room for Minute to Skim It tomorrow, I called it the one with mom. <laughs> perfect. Uh-huh. I thought that was perfect. Yeah. Kyle, Emily Clark is from Game of Thrones. Okay, thank you. She was yeah. in something else that I know. <laughs> I'm sure she was. Uh, did you guys mention mom coming out? Mm-hmm. What? Mom, mm-hmm. Mother of Madness? Or was that last week? That's this week. Uh, Shazam number one. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Got some killer covers. Man, yeah, Moon Knight has beautiful covers. I hope the story is just as nice as the covers. Um, if you're into, if you're into, um, odd oddities, uh, Trailer Park Boys get a effing comic book number one from (laughs) Devil's Do. Yeah. Um, I'm all over that one. Siphon number one. Trailer Park Boys have had everything else. They've had a live stage show, a long, long running TV show, a movie, a cartoon series. Why not? <laughs> they need a choose your own adventure book, though. Don't miss Yusagi Ojimbo number 21. It's the second part of the story that started uh, last month with the new character. Mm-hmm. That character's been around a long time. Interesting enough, um, Spawn Universe second printing is out. Uh, do we really sell out of first printings? Uh, I didn't, but I also ordered to not sell out of first printing. Same here. Star Wars uh, Bounty Hunter Jabba Hut. That one's going to be interesting. On the trade paperback side of things, you have Batman Dark Prince Charming. Yep. Uh, and Bliss, which uh, are the two that I have on pre-order. But I, um, there is one. Uh, did you hear what Eddie uh, Gein done from Albatross? Uh, the reason I'm interested is that it's Harold Schechter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't generally read the Albatross books unless they're the goon. But Eric has me with this one. Is that this week? Uh, it's on my list for this week, but it's Albatross, so it's entirely possible it's next month. I was going to say, there is absolutely no way I would have not ordered that true crime book. Right. It's on my list um, as having been supposed to come out this month or this week, but, you know. Things happen. Right. Not everything else arrives. Right. I mean, with especially with a company like the size of Behemoth or... Uh, Albatross or some of those. I don't ever expect stuff to come out when my list says it's going to come out. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind waiting. I'm actually... I'm sorry? There's a Snowpiercer prequel that's coming out. And mm-hmm. I love... Is that this week? Before the train? It is indeed. Is that coinciding with the TV series? It's all tied together. It's all tied together? Okay. 
I don't know that the comic book character looks like David Diggs, though. Haven't read in the comics. And uh, it looks like Nottingham uh, ties up this week. There's a couple books that wrap up this week that um, were of note. One of them was called Last Song, a book that reliably came out once a year. Yeah. About four years. And then in the last two months or last six months, it's put out two issues. Go Black Mask. And, you know, I, I again, I don't mind with these small publishers waiting. I waited patiently for the once a year that book came out and I read it and read it and read it and read it. My, my issue one is so worn out mm-hmm. of last song. So that's comics. That's a, you guys always name so many comics. Now, how many comics do you each read each week? <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> I was just curious. Um, I probably read have to, more time to read than those two. Jen reads a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, because she yeah <laughs> very quickly. Mm-hmm. But I probably read ten or fifteen a week. Man, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there used to be a time when I was reading like five or six a day, you know, yeah. get home, pick a few up. But when the I'm store happy. was open and slow, that's yeah, I'd read. I there were weeks where I read every book that came out. Um, now it's I tend to lean a little more towards the obscure uh, and super indie. But I I managed to read a bunch of uh, a bunch a week, and then. Uh, I have a store that's about 40 minutes from me that I go to every other week. Um, and they usually have the, the hardcovers, like uh, Across the Tracks or Chasing the Bird from Z2. Uh, I picked up when I was up there just before my surgery, um, The Idiot's Guide to Pawnee, Indiana. Yes. Um, comic book guide to show Parks and Recreation. <laughs> like... You know, like, so I'll probably read, like, I'll read that probably tomorrow. But, you know. I so did not know of, that existed, so. Yeah. Kyle, if you have not. It's only, like, this big. It's real small. It's great. Yeah. If you have not read Whispers in the Wall, do so. It's by Humanoids. Yes, yes, yes. What was the one? They just had one come out. Two months, maybe two months ago. Siege. Was he humanoid? It was humanoid, but it just had a big face that looked like Jeffrey Wright on it with a big beard. I don't remember that. That was really good. I just picked that up finally. Well, I think that's it for comics, Mark. What else we got? Oh, I think, I mean, I think that's it. Uh, just look forward to our video on Comic Palooza. You can see uh, Miss Jen interview. Matt Hawkins, president of TopCal. I interviewed uh, Dr. Britt Baker, GMD of AEW. And I rode a life-size battle cat. So look for that. I'm glad you got to talk to Britt Baker. Huh? I'm glad you got to talk to Britt Baker. Yeah, she was very cool. Everyone at the show was... Oh my gosh, so nice. Mark Paul Gossler. And it was people where if they were not nice, I'd be so sad. Martin Cove, and then Danny Trejo has to be, like, top three nicest people I've ever met in, at a convention. When He's I go out to be. visit Brainy and JD, I'm going to Danny Trejo's donut shop, and I'm just going to be like, look, y'all can come see me. I'll be here. And he's got <laughs> tacos now, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was telling me he's got a record label, so that guy is doing all he can with uh, with his fame, and it's awesome, and he's... And they, that's so a guy nice. that could have fallen through the cracks and been stuck in prison forever, but he got a second chance, and he's done a lot with it, including Spy Kids. Yeah, and and speaking, you had mentioned uh, Mark Marin earlier. He was featured on uh, the WTF podcast like two weeks ago, talking about his book, and it's just a great story. But at one point, he jumped up from his booth and like started screaming and waving, and everyone thought there was like this big problem. But it's because he ran 30 feet to meet a kid that was dressed like Pikachu and took two other kids from his booth to take a picture with him. (laughs) It was was unbelievable. Crazy. That's Machete. 
That's him. One of the goriest, bloodiest movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Pikachu. <laughs> yeah. That that is that is him. Uh, well, thank you so much. Thanks, Kyle, for hopping on. Thank you, Brainy and Miss Jen, for being along with me. And thank you for watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online, sponsored by Space Cadets Collection Collection and The Adventure Begins. Check out the other shows on Woodlands Online, like Taste Buds, Music Cafe, The Adventure Begins Show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Weekly Fallout, Sports Talk, and Between the Trees, Business Talk. You can watch all these on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KBQT HD 21 over the air on your television. All these shows and more on Roku. Just search and add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup. And you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We'll see you next time on Nerd News Now.